Welcome to the People Impact Podcast, because people matter. We used to be HR Matters, but now we're taking a wider view and an especially wide view today. But I'll let you know more about that in a second. This podcast is for you if you are interested in expanding your perspective on people in your organization and on yourself as a human being. We explore ideas about impacting and improving the way people lead and work together in organizations today. This is for all of you out there who are open to new views, new visions, new dreams. Featuring Lisa Dempsey. Hello. And me, Marjolein Fleur. And like I said, we're taking a wider view today, but mainly what triggered this episode was that we suddenly started noticing that some of the topics or multiple topics that we have been addressing started showing up in trend lists. Um, You know, what are the top 10 trends in 2021 or for 2020 or wherever? Um, And I thought, huh, that's funny. So whether we picked it up or whether they heard us or it doesn't matter, it was in the air. Um, but, you know, Lisa and I thought, well, let's have fun with this. Let's make this explicit and let's have a good think about the actual trends that we see and name them as trends mm-hmm. and make an episode about that. Yeah. Yeah. And what I love about this is it's, it's sort of, you know, the, the, the proof in the pudding of somehow when you're not only connected with yourself, but the environment around you. Mm-hmm. They, these, these things, they just sort of culminate, right? They, it, they come together in these really interesting ways. So it's, you know, you don't have to have a big chicken and egg conversation, but it's about <laughs> the, it's about connection, right? You know, when, when you're in that place of connection, these, the, the synchronicity, right, of, of the world comes together and all these pieces cross paths. And, yep. and I'm so excited <laughs> to talk about these things with you. Yeah, yeah. And it makes <laughs> us laugh. And this is a really fun episode to make because you know I'm just really curious about Elisa's ideas that she's going to bring in I've heard a bit already um and collecting my own just really slowing down thinking about it just smelling the air I think this is this is where I see us going as a whole you know this is for 2022 but this is for all the years beyond that yeah this is where the world is turning yeah yeah, really what this is, is it's sort of a, a bottom line list of, you know, what, what our little antennas are picking up going, oh, this needs to have attention paid to it. This is, yeah. this is important. This is the good stuff that's going to happen. And we'll get to that, especially towards the end. Um, <laughs> that will make more sense. But let's start at, you know, we have a top 10. Yes. People impact trends. What's number one? Relationship. Mm-hmm. I think that there's going to be a significant shift in particularly organizations um, and their need to focus not on the classic, typical employee relations, industrial relations. It, it's not about that. It's not about what are your, your you know, contract negotiations with your union or your works council or anything like that, but it is the need for organizations to shift from transaction Mm -hmm. with employees into real relationship. Yeah. 
real, genuine relationship. And we see it right now, you know, we recently had the episode on the great resignation, what's going on with that. You mm-hmm. see pretty much everywhere you go in, in every industry, but is particularly visible in service industries, you know, help wanted, hiring now, you know, McDonald's in the United States is offering crazy sign-on bonuses for people to come and work in their restaurants. And I think right now organizations are fooling themselves into believing that they can fix this problem yeah, with right. money. Some, yeah, creative but, ideas of throwing money at it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Let's what what sort of transactional things can we throw at this? Yeah, can you, you can't buy your way out out of this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, a sign-on bonus is not going. It might get you a new employee for you know, that six months or whatever period you put the sign-on bonus for, mm-hmm. it's not really going to change the reason why that circumstance exists. Yeah. There's a reason why it exists. And it's, I, what I see loud and clear is it, it's about organizations and employers not genuinely being in relationship with mm-hmm. their employees. Yeah. Yeah, and there's there's a there's a, a, um, a complementary take on this that I picked up is that of the anti-fragile organization. It's you know you can be super fragile with all the changes and unexpectedness going on. You can be completely rigid and box yourself in with even bigger procedures and processes and rules and regulations making yourself even more inflexible. And the way forward is being anti-fragile, is being open to what's going on around you and also what's going on with that in the organization, the relationship that you're having with people that work with you, the relationship that you can create with the people outside your organization that you want to bring in that you need. Right with your environment um and that takes a really different way of looking at how the way you create those relationships as well um you know this like with the great resignation there's so many companies that need a lot of new staff and they keep looking for the same type of people and there's lots of people available but they don't want those because they're not the same as the people that they were looking for before right Um, so part of this, I believe is also that more diverse profiles will be included because you're more open to the world around you. Yeah. And it makes you so much more anti-fragile. It makes your relationship so much stronger. And like you said, you go away from the transactional into the relational. Yeah. Go away from causing damage to relationships because you're not even seeing that it's there to creating healthy partnerships yeah between people and organizations and seeing all the people that are out there yeah yeah and there's actually there's a there's sort of almost a lovely alliteration that just popped into my my mind as you were talking about that it's you know it's really the shift away from recruitment and retention Mm-hmm. into relationship, yeah. right? Looking at employees as human beings, you need to be in genuine relationship with. Yeah. 
Um, and I think that that's going to be a massive shift going forward. Yeah. Um, it's going to open up so many really exciting things, so <laughs> many really, really wonderful things. And the other thing I want to just throw out there is mm-hmm. it is absolutely possible to run a business, a very serious business, and still be in relationship with your employees. So this is, you know, this is not saying like, oh, you have to give it, you know, people everything that they want to just make them happy at any cost. No, no, that's not the way any relationship works. That's not the way your relationships at home work either. You no. manage those. Yeah. So relationship really means, you know, that two-way space where mm-hmm. employees understand you, your organization, understand managers and the humans around them as human beings that Mm -hmm. they want to be in relationship with and the organization understands individuals as individual humans Mm -hmm. with talent and gifts and information and all sorts of things that they want to be in relationship with so it's really a two-way two-way street so that's that's i think one thing that makes it really scary for organizations <laughs> to think about this. And my invitation is don't be scared. <laughs> <laughs> Jump into relationship with the humans in your organization. It's, it's yeah. really wonderful. It's a really wonderful place to be. Mm. Yeah, there's a lot there. Yeah, there's a lot of space there. Let, let's dive in a bit. Let's, let's dive in a bit into the opportunities that we see. What's number yeah. two? Yeah. So number two on our list is bottom up purpose. Mm -hmm. And I think this was one that came, came from some of your research and thinking on this. So do you want to say a little bit about, about that? Yes. And um, well, what we'll do for this one, uh, because I'll, uh, I I got this idea from something that I saw um, someone in my network doing, and I'll put all of this in the show notes. So shout out to uh, shout out to all of you who gave us these ideas. We'll be in the show notes with links to articles, to places, to websites. The development is uh, around bottom-up purpose is um, that organizations will have conversations, research, qualitative research, uh, interviews with current employees to discover what is your purpose? What do you care about? What are you already active in, in the world around us? And how can we integrate that and align that with the organizational purpose? So rather than saying, okay, our organization has this purpose and we're gonna look for people who can, you know, align with that, going top down, you take purpose bottom up. Yeah. If you look at the people who are working with you, what is what do their they feel is their purpose? It will be different things, but how can that infuse the purpose of your whole organization bottom up? Yeah. Yeah. And what I what I love about that is number one, it's really powerful and it and it shifts the burden from mm-hmm. this thing of, oh, you know, somebody else in the organization needs to decide what our purpose is going to be. And then I will just execute on it. Um, And it's a way to Mm co-create across an entire organization. It's not just one 
individual or department or function's responsibility to decide this. No, it's really co-creating from within and it ties into shifting the relationship. Yeah. Right. It's shifting that relationship to this is a space of we. Yeah. This is what we want to collectively do. This is why we are here. And this is what us as a larger group, as a larger organization, are going to do about it. Yeah. A multi-directional conversation rather than just sending from one direction. Yeah. 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 That's a really, really good one. That yeah. sensing. What's number three? Clear listening. Ah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm laughing because this is a concept that I don't know whether it's out there. The words popped into my head. So maybe I'm just picking it up from the universe because someone else made it up too. It's, you know, maybe it's synchronicity. Maybe I just made it, made up a new concept. Um, clear listening is going to be a huge in-demand skill. And what I mean by clear listening is listening for clarity, listening to become clear on how the other person, the other group, the other side is really seeing things, is experiencing things, what's going on with them and listening for that to get that clear and also listening to yourself, your own side, your own group listening to what's there and keeping that as two separate things, two different things that both exist. That skill, I think that's going to be on top of lots of people's lists to extend that because you can use that. You can use that with creating bottom-up purpose. You can use that in creating those really solid relationships that allow you to be anti-fragile and agile. This is an essential skill that helps you with all of those things. Um, there's a friend of mine who is applying this. She's um, uh, she's an expert in NBC, nonviolent communication and compassionate communication, where listening is essential. And she uses that type of listening, for example, to create better design, to create better UX, mm-hmm. better customer experience, better user experience to, by really listening to those users, those customers. And then using that information, getting with clear listening, getting clear information and using that to make the design better, to make the experiences better. Yeah. And it's one of these crazy things that it sounds so simple. <laughs> yeah, I remember over this summer, I was talking to a, a consultant at one of the, the really big high power firms and Active listening, of course, active listening, that's something everybody knows. Well, I think everybody knows the word active or, or mm-hmm. clear and listening, but how to do it is a genuine skill set. Mm-hmm. And it's something that doesn't happen automatically and we haven't been taught to do very well. Most of us have been taught to think and analyze and do yeah. and evaluate. All have that an stuff can come. <laughs> have a judgment. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Lots of judgment. <laughs> Plenty of that. <laughs> yeah. Having a judgment is not listening for clarity. <laughs> no, no, that is that is the absence of listening for clarity. So it, you know, I, I think that developing that as a skill set will be so incredibly valuable and, and really important going forward. I think if mm-hmm. you don't have that listening ability, 
the world is going to become much more difficult. And, and there's so many wonderful things available when you can listen. Yeah. yeah. So clear listening. You either heard it here first or you heard it somewhere else and you're going to let me know because there's synchronicity in the air. <laughs> <laughs> so what's number four? Employee care and really looking at employee care in a very different way. Yeah. So I think this is the shift away from health and wellness weeks and, you know, talk about, um, you know, just supporting employee well-being mm -hmm. to really genuinely understanding it, you know, understanding uh, what employee care is. And, and there was a really interesting thing that cropped up in this domain that you came across around rest and different yeah. kinds of rest. Yeah, there was an image that I came across with, you know, um, you can be in need of physical rest. You did, didn't get enough sleep, you need to lie down, or you've been exercising and your muscles need to rest. Physical rest, mental rest, spiritual rest, social rest, uh, sensory rest, emotional rest, or creative rest. Mm. And, you know, I get that at home sometimes. Oh, I'm so tired. And my partner says, do you need to go to bed early? I say, I'm not tired in that way. Yeah, that's <laughs> and not I always find that hard tired. to explain. <laughs> yeah, and you can find that hard to explain to, you know, to, to the people in your workplace. Um, and for me, it's like super eye-opening and really helpful to realize there's different kinds of rest and also finding the words for those. Feeling tired after a good workout is very different from feeling tired after, you know, lack of sleep or feeling tired after having been yapped at by a relative for hours <laughs> or, you know, there's lots of different ways of feeling tired and different needs to recharge yeah. that all come in to care and wellness in your work environment. So you heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but the different kinds of rest, you know, I think under understanding that, understanding mm -hmm. that we as human beings are very complex. And it, when it comes to caring for your employees, it, it's a complex landscape, but it's important to invest time and energy in it. And, and mm -hmm. one of these things is fleshing out, okay, so if you're, people are tired. What is it that they're tired of or from? How can it be addressed? It's not just about giving time off or just giving chair massages. <laughs> yeah, giving support with, you know, appointments with counselors or the health and wellness things that that typically happen. It's it's understanding that there there are these complexities and maybe one of those keys is looking at different kinds of rest. Yeah. yeah. And different people have different needs. Yeah. And different lives. Yeah. Yeah. And speaking of different needs, mm -hmm. another one, another one of our trends is climate impact. Yeah. Yeah. Say more about this. Cause this was one that also turned up on, on your list. Mm -hmm. um, what I see is that climate we will have an impact on real people from climate change 
It was going to be super hot summers, super cold winters, crazy storms, all kinds of things. And that's going to come sooner than we hope or expect. That's going to impact your work. Um, if you're working from home and you don't have a climate system in your, in your uh, workspace, that's going to impact your work. Um, if you can't get to the office because of a crazy snowstorm, that's going to impact you know, work. It's 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 a in practical ways. I see that the, the impact on real people's lives and work lives from climate change is going to send signals into organizations saying, "Whoa, we hadn't thought about climate change affecting us in that way." Right. Newsflash: It's going to affect you from affect you from that corner too. Yeah. Um, so that's when I saw. And the big yes, and I would add to that is not only is it going to impact the, you know, what do you need to think about in terms of, oh, you know, these territories where maybe you didn't need to previously be budgeting for heat in the building, suddenly mm-hmm. you do, or um, suddenly you need to think about, you know, flood planning and emergency planning and things like that. But it's also going to impact the way that you think about where you're attracting talent from, mm-hmm. how you're employing them, and and how you're really interacting with different human beings in different territories and what yeah. their needs are going to be. Yeah, climate's um, going to impact those needs. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's it's not about greenwashing things and you know making your company uh, a climate change champion or not. It's just well, you're just going to get these signals. <laughs> Exactly. They're gonna come. That's These things are gonna change, out. whether you yeah. like it or not. Yeah. yeah. And and I, I like how this segues into uh number six. Yeah, flexible working. Mm, that's, looking, that, that's one of yours. Yeah, looking at flexible working in really different ways. I mm-hmm. you know, I think obviously one of the things that the, the recent pandemic has taught us is a remote working is very possible. It's more mm-hmm. possible than I think most uh, people in organizations thought it was. Mm-hmm. It does come with some challenges, of course, but I think beyond that, again, that's kind of very transactional. What What is going to change is we're going to have to shift the way that we think about flexible working in its totality. Mm-hmm. And really shift it from flexibility in terms of maybe location, you know, home versus office, to flexibility around everything, whether it be Mm -hmm. times of day that you work at, locations on the planet that Mm -hmm. that you work from. And that that relates to the climate change, you know, as, as climates are going to change, people and their where they live and work are likely to shift dramatically as well. So really just reconsidering what does flexible working look like inside your organization? Taking Um, that a level deeper, making that more (laughs) anti-fragile, more agile. Yeah, absolutely. So this isn't about, you know, what's your working from home policy or anything like that. It's how do you view flexible working in its totality. Yeah. And what is the stewardship that you as an organization uh, are going to be poised to take? Yeah. Is something that you said earlier that I found very interesting. Yeah. 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 Do you, do you take responsibility? You know, when you mm-hmm. have those people who maybe 
they're they're in Malaysia and they're in a place that suddenly, you know, subject to huge storms or flooding or things mm-hmm. like that. What do you decide to do as an organization? Do you mm-hmm. decide to support those people as they maybe need to relocate because literally their their home and their livelihood is at yeah. risk? Or do you pick up sticks, abandon them and, and move operations someplace else and recruit a whole new group of people yeah. um, to avoid the problem. You know, what, what level of responsibility do you take as an employer in this new paradigm of flexible working? Yeah. This people impact that will be our re- reality. Yeah. Yeah. Number seven. Privacy. Privacy as a human right. Boom. Yeah. Yeah. It's a big one. And, and this is one that um, it had been floating around in my head for a while. You know, I think a lot of people have seen different documentaries um, about the risk that we are at, given all of the data and the technology and how that's mm-hmm. invading everything. So whether it be from the perspective of things like the social dilemma um, and what responsibility do organizations have in mm-hmm. that to, um, you know, what do we want to do with employee information and data? But really, you know, privacy is a human right. It, it, it jumped out at me as I was, I ordered a new laptop from Apple and it's one of the first things that shows up that they, they take privacy as a human right. And mm-hmm. whatever you feel about Apple as a brand mm-hmm. and they're-, they're Whether they actually mean it or not, it's a, it's a, it's a good- statement privacy is a human right and and i think this is really a space that organizations as employers are going to have to start seriously thinking about Mm. um you know we see the problems happening right now with companies like facebook and others and how they're Mm. being called out about mishandling consumer Mm -hmm. information you can imagine they're, they're that lackadaisical about consumer information. You know, imagine the employee data yeah. and, and really understanding what are you at risk as an employer in terms of your employee data. We've seen mm-hmm. already huge problems that have occurred because you know, employee data has made its way into the public domain and whether that be mm-hmm. Because, you know, social security numbers or your, your social service numbers and birth dates and addresses yeah. are suddenly out there. Yeah. And also, as, a, as an individual person, how you, how, what's your take on that? You know, how do you, how is that going to impact you? What t- signal, do, signal do you want to send back to say, wait a minute, this is not okay for me? Yeah. 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 And it's, it, it's all of those things as well about your, your workplace devices, your, mm-hmm. your phone, your laptop, your whatever it is that you may be providing mm-hmm. um, to your employees. And as an employee, how do you want to have that data used, shared, yeah. put out there? Um, it's a really complex topic, so obviously we can't go into <laughs> all of it. But it, we we will probably make another episode about it and yeah. and about the next ones too. Let's get back to that at the end too. Uh, yeah. Spoiler alert, <laughs> uh, because trend number eight is one that starts tying these earlier trends that we named together a bit. Yeah. What's number eight? Life integration. Yeah. 
really looking as a company mm-hmm. at life integration. And this probably, this may sound a little like woo or, or you know, <laughs> what the heck is this? Why is that our thing? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, one of the things is that we we're so used to talking about work-life balance. And I hear so many, I hear clients, I hear just friends and everyone around me talking about how important work-life balance is to them as an individual. Newsflash. And again, I picked this up and I'll throw the reference in the notes. It's not about work-life balance. It's about life-work balance. It's your life and work is a part of that. How does that fit in? And acknowledging life as an organization, as the dynamic and the system that you have in your organization, that is uh, life integration. Yeah. Yeah. And the reason why I believe this is going to be really important for organizations to pay attention to is that you need healthy, happy, effective human beings Mm -hmm. to have an effective organization. And we live in the digital digital age. Mm -hmm. Let's face it, things are running 24-7. Going back to our rest topic, Mm -hmm. we can't expect people to be on 24-7. We've got to look at this full life integration and consider your human beings as whole human beings in order for them to be effective in the things that you want them to engage with you as an organization on. Including their health and wellness, including their privacy, including their uh, purpose, including the diversity between them. Yeah. All of those things are part of real human lives. Yeah. And work is just, you know, squeezes itself into those lives. Well, work is becoming, yeah, well, but work is becoming more and more integrated into Mm -hmm. our total lives. Right. So that ebb and flow is, is more important than ever, because let's face it, very few people are in a nine to five type job where you show up in the morning, you open your office door, you turn on your computer, you're there in the office, you have your hours, you have your tasks, and then you close the door and leave at night. There's much more work integration into people's lives. And again, going back to relationship, it Mm -hmm. needs to be that two way street. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Well, that one's already tying into <laughs> number nine because there's more, there's more ties being created. What's yeah. Number nine, Lisa. Creating cultures where cynicism is cast aside. Mm-hmm. Right. So moving from this place of workplace cynicism mm-hmm. to organizational cultures that are geared towards hopeful resonance. Mm-hmm. You know, really going to that that place where it's not about sweeping problems under the carpet. It's about mm-hmm. acknowledging the problems, being willing to talk about them, but rather than stay in the place of rumination of, mm-hmm. oh, it's such a problem and what are we going to do? And, oh, how can we fix it? And, you know, clenching yeah, your fists. I was, people, I was picking up people talking about diversity fatigue or... Yeah the sustainability backlash and ooh, we're going to turn cynical or get tired of this or ill. 
we're actually going to move towards hopeful resonance, uh, resonant hopefulness, however you want to put it. So a place where, yes, we will figure this out. We really want to because this is important to us. Um, we're not tired of this. We're just going through something. Yeah. And where that takes us is, uh, and that's, you know, this is a, a, a coaching term. So if you're not a coach, you might want to keep listening to the way we explain it. Um, integrated resonance. And I, I, I want to hear your words around that too. And the way I, Lisa, the way I see that is, you know, there are things that are a problem for you that you are in a situation or you, you come into a coaching session about and uh, you don't know how to get around that. And then you work and find your way through it. And at the other end, you think, what was that again? Yeah. Why was that such what, a problem? What, what was that weird thing I used to do? And why was that? So you've almost completely forgotten the whole big line of jumbly reasoning that you were in before that got you into trouble or that you were stuck in you can't even remember what that was like and what was the problem I came in with did I have that because you're actually in that place of what integrated resonance of a place that is resonant that makes so much sense that you can't even imagine it being different anymore yeah that it was any other way yeah and from that cynicism to that complete resonance being in a state of resonant hopefulness is the step in between. Yeah. 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 And I, and I think what's so powerful about that and why it's so important is problems persist. Problems are always going to be there. We're always going yep. to be faced with some sort of challenge. This is, this is why we have jobs. This is why we have work, right? <laughs> well, there's always something to do. <laughs> we are, we are here to solve problems. And it's about rather than staying mired in that place of frustration, um, looking towards, okay, so this is the problem statement. This is why it's important. Let's talk about it. Let's have that difficult conversation. And let's look at what do we want to move towards? What can we do about it? And not we have to solve the world's problems or anything, but that place of uh, hopefulness, the, yeah. the resonant hopefulness. And then moving from there into integrated resonance, yeah. that place where you forget about the pain of the problem because you have solved it by thinking about it, giving it time and attention. It's become an integrated part of both your doing and your being. Yeah. And that's such a lovely place to be because I guarantee you there's going to be a new problem that's going to turn up on the horizon. <laughs> that's the way the world is. That's yeah. and. Actually, we as people going back to purpose, we need that. We love having problems <laughs> to solve. It gives us a sense. We of create purpose. them. <laughs> yeah. But it also gives us a sense of purpose. And, yeah. and that's really important. So, you know, letting go of the cynicism, moving towards resonance. Yeah. Yay for that. Yes. Number 10. Yes. Really closely related to this one. What's number 10, Lisa? It is. And it's a big one. So mm -hmm. let, let's just put that out there. We could probably do a whole entire episode just about this one. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but let's bottom line it because I know we're running we on time. Mm -hmm. And it's shifting organizations from a mindset of scarcity mm -hmm. 
to abundance. The essence of that is moving away from these spaces of not enough, Mm -hmm. whether whether it be not enough time, not enough resources, not enough people, not enough budget, not enough. Not enough safety. Yeah. Yeah. Risk aversion, not enough. Uh, everything yeah not enough time to the space of abundance and and abundance uh, let's just be clear that is not a space where oh you know everything magically just gets fixed (laughs) and so we don't need to worry about anything no abundance is this space where you go into it's very it's a very resonant space yeah And the understanding that whatever problem you face, Mm -hmm. there are enough tools, resources, things available to you to be able to address that problem. Yeah, it's an abundance of resourcefulness. Yeah. Whatever happens, we'll figure it out. (laughs) That abundance. Yeah. Whatever happens, there's enough for all of us. We just have to look at what the problem really is, decide what the really important part of that problem is Mm -hmm. and what we want to do about it. And that's the space of abundance to be able to create from everything that's available to you. Um, And it's, it's really sort of that it's, it's the antidote to the cynicism. It's the antidote to all, all of the, really sticky things that we get mired in. Yeah. Um, but I think it's a really fundamental shift needed inside of organizations, not, mm-hmm. not just to address cynicism, but to really open up that place of possibility. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and I like that hopefulness as a step in between. Right. It can be, it can feel like a huge step. Like, Oh, that's a rung on the ladder that I can't reach to go from scarcity to that abundance of resourcefulness. Right. If you have hopefulness, if you have resonant hopefulness as a rung in between, that's where you can step on. You don't have to make the whole step in one go. So that's how, you know, trend number nine and 10 are are really helpful uh, and related. Ooh, we've covered a lot of territory. Oh, we have. <laughs> and we were, so what we will do over the coming year is dive into these trends and make episodes to talk a bit more and to flesh it out more, to you know, uh, give more insight in, and, and detail and color to uh, several, of, several of these. If you're listening and you think, oh, I want to hear more about this one, let yeah. us know. And uh, we might just do that one first. (laughs) Um, As I said, I'm going to put more information and and links to articles into people um, to thank them in the show notes. Um, We would love to hear back from you. Um, And first of all, Lisa, thank you for this episode. This is so juicy and fun to, uh, to talk about with you. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, thank you. There, There is so much here to really sort of flesh out. It's been really fun to dive into this space of what are we noticing? What are we seeing? What's popping up is, yeah, this is important stuff to pay attention to. 
So yeah. thank you so much, Marjolein. Yeah, this is the, the good stuff that's ahead of us. Um, so I'm, I'm hoping that it will in, inspire you and make you feel more resonant, resourceful. Anyway, so far, thank you for listening. It's a bit longer this episode than, reg- than usual, um, but um, it's worth it. There's so much to say. Uh, perhaps you've listened to us directly online um, or perhaps you've found us or will next time find us the People Impact Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Uh, We're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, lots of places. Um, Subscribe or connect uh, to make sure that you're the first to learn about our newest episode. We have a uh, People Impact Podcast company page on LinkedIn, for example, or just find us on LinkedIn and you'll get notifications of our newest episodes, including the ones on these topics. Um, we do love hearing your feedback, your topic requests. We appreciate getting your reviews and ratings. We really love it if you find this interesting and share it with someone else who might also be interested in what we talked about today. Um, and we love hearing what's on your mind in the workplace. Let us know. And until next time. Bye. Bye.